Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to Transformation Church Online. I hope you're having a fantastic uh, week, and, and I know things are difficult uh, these days, but um, I know many of us seem to have fallen into a new set of normals. And uh, even as the world is talking about how we're going to return to normal. And so um, I want to just talk about that and what that means for us. Um, I want to continue a series that started before the Easter uh, break called Jesus People. And uh, if you want, you can go and watch the old sermon and kind of catch up on uh, what we're talking about. But I want to do a series uh, between now and possibly June about what it means to be Christian, what it means to be a Jesus follower, what it means to be Jesus People. And, um, you know, it's interesting, uh, we didn't expect any of this to happen that we're going through, but it's happened. And it's sort of made us take stock of a lot of things in our lives, right? We've So many people have talked about that, maybe reviewing priorities or reviewing uh, what uh, we did at work or reviewing what we, the way our kids are learning, uh, so many things. And um, one of the things I found interesting uh, is how it's affecting us as Jesus people, as believers. Um, this week, I was on a conference call um, about Wednesday. During my work lunch hour, there was a conference call of pastors, all from all around the West Island. And so I got to go on it, and pastors were going to pray with each other and encourage each other. And uh, one of the things asked by the moderator was, what are you experiencing? What are you feeling right now? What do you feel God is telling you in the church and so on? In these times and uh, we were all sharing all so true uh, many pastors and churches facing the same stresses the same successes the same challenges technologically everybody's doing this right uh, online stuff streaming YouTube Facebook zoom all that stuff we're all in the same boat um, but you know when it came my turn to speak and I hadn't really planned it uh, but something just sort of came out of me, and I want to share a bit of that with you today, too. And uh, what I told the other pastors gathered and the other leaders gathered, gathered was, uh, you know, it's important, guys, that we don't forget to give them Jesus. I mean, when we're out here today, whether we're self-isolated, quarantined, uh, online church, in-person church, uh, ultimately, it's all about Jesus. And we got to remember that. It doesn't change uh, now because of what we're going through, and it won't change when we go back to... Uh, normal as uh, people are talking about now. It's as true today as it always was. You know, last week Pastor Omri shared a message, a message from the empty tomb. And of course, the message from the empty tomb is that Jesus is alive. He's alive back then. He's alive right now. And that matters no matter what circumstance we're in. So what does that mean for us as Jesus people, as followers of Jesus? And uh, these days, um, hope and life may feel a bit out of reach. Many people are suffering. Uh, people are losing people to COVID-19 and, and life is going on in our own church. Uh, we've uh, family members of our own church have lost people uh, during this time, not just to COVID-19, but to other things. And uh, life continues to go on. But in the same way that life is going on, Jesus is still the way, the truth and the life, right? And that's never going to change. And as Jesus people, we've got to remember that. And one of the things that concerns me now as um, we're about, well, gosh, I guess over a month through this now, is that, you know, the first two, three weeks, especially a lot of people are talking about this pause or this restart or this um, blip that's allowed us all to sort of stop 
Not everybody, right? I mean, if you're a healthcare worker or a grocery store worker or so on, you're still going to work. You're still putting in the hours. You're very busy. If you're a parent, if you're a mom or dad who's home with the kids, you're still doing schoolwork with them. You're still uh, keeping them busy. You're still making them meals. You're not doing nothing. But it has allowed us to have more time to do things that maybe we didn't have time for before. Uh, people, many, many people are telling me they're reading the Bible more often. They're praying more often. They're reading more books. They're watching more sermons. Uh, this is all good. And uh, they feel like, oh, they're going to use the most of the time. But now what concerns me is if we're talking about what's going to happen when we go back to normal, um, are we all just going to go back to the way things were? I think many of us can admit that um, before we had feelings of this life is too fast paced. I can't keep this up. Uh, there's too much changing too fast. I'm too busy. I can't make this. I can't do that. I have to set my priorities right. And it's often hard to fit the things of God in there. It's often hard uh, to fit what's happening uh, in our faith life in there. And if we just go back to normal and go back to that, we will have learned nothing and gained nothing through this time. So I just pray that as we, maybe it seems like we're coming a bit out of the woods, maybe over the next few months, that when we come back to normal, that the new normal is something that reflects more our life as Jesus people, as followers of Jesus, than it does of our over-busy, over-crazy uh, life that we may have had before. I just want to concern, my concern is that we don't forget the lessons we've learned. You know, one of the big lessons I think a lot of us have learned is rest. And I know this sounds crazy, but even as parents, you may have heard the statement that children have to learn how to be bored. That's one thing, okay? But I'm actually talking about active rest. So the Bible tells us clearly that when God created the earth, he rested on the seventh day. Now, did God need to rest? I don't think so, but he was setting an example for us as believers, as, as people, as humans, not just believers, as humans, that after a lot of work, you should rest. And some people are finding, oh gosh, yeah, I'm actually feeling more rested these days. Well, it's because we're following the biblical pattern that you need to have rest. Now, true, some of us are getting too much rest, and it's um, actually the opposite of good. But it's important that when we go back to normal, there's my cat making a guest appearance, uh, when we go back to normal, that uh, normal includes active rest. Now, that sounds crazy, but what I mean is choosing to rest. Okay, so uh, that usually would be Sunday is the best day to do that because most of us uh, work Monday to Friday. But active rest where we're not busying our life with a million things. You know, I remember one of the big things, right, in Quebec was that they shut down the stores, the grocery stores on Sunday. Um, those of you who are old enough to remember, it was always like that. It's no big deal. Um, and so maybe there's some things we need to shut down, okay, once a week. And I want you to think about that as an example. I was thinking about that while I was doing groceries uh, just last night, actually, um, that how much things have changed. I realized I was in line and I was passing like, uh, you know, in the supermarkets, they have a little bit of clothes sometimes in the Provigos. And uh, I was thinking, wow, I haven't even thought about buying a piece of clothing in a month. And then it made me think, how often do I even really need to think about that? You know, a priority change, a shift change. So when things return to normal, do we go back to the way it was before? And what are we going to learn? right? What mission are we on? What message are we bringing? You know, last time I spoke about uh, Jesus people, we talked about that verse in Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 to 8. You can go look it up. I won't do it now, but it talks about 
keeping our minds focused on these things. This is whatever is true, whatever is noble, uh, so on and so forth. But Jesus people, as we talked about, are focused and they're focused on good, on pure, on right. And so that's our mission. That's our focus. That won't change when things go back to normal. Uh, but um, I find, though, that Christians especially, whether we're focused on the right things or not, are tend to be really focused Right, and that's why Christians and Jesus people we can get off message a lot. Okay, we get focused on things that matter less. Okay, the, that matter less than the gospel essentially. Okay, we can get messed up in political issues. We can get messed up in social issues. You know, one of the big hilarious things in the church I find is that there's this big strife between social gospel and spiritual. And what should we do? Should we, you know, help the poor or be ultra spiritual, whatever. And that's, that's a false dichotomy. Okay. Because we can do both. All right. And so that's what happens when we focus on putting God first, we get both instead of focus on one camp or the other camp, you just get the one and you don't get it up at all. You don't get either, excuse me, really properly. So when we focus on Jesus, that means we have to start with Jesus. Okay. So that's the intro. And now we're coming to Jesus. I was uh, reading through some scripture and some uh, sermons uh, this week, and I came across one by Levi Lusco. You may have heard of him. He's a pastor in Montana, great guy. And this is what he posted. I, I agree with this statement. It may be a little harsh, so let me work on it for you. Okay, but here's what he said. He says, Jesus didn't come to improve your life. He came to save your soul. Okay, and now that kind of smacks hard against a lot of the way things are today, because a lot of it is, oh, uh, you know, you know, Jesus comes to my life and now my life is better. Yes, true. He does make your life better, but not in the Western capitalistic sort of material sense. And that, you know, now my kids behave and my marriage is good and I have a good job. And those are good things. And the blessings of God does bring those things. But that's not why Jesus came. Okay. Jesus didn't come to give us two and a half kids, a nice car and then uh, a good bank account. That's not at all why he came. He didn't even come to make us feel uh, mentally fulfilled or, uh, you know, fulfilled in our uh, vocation and our job. That's not why he came. Those things are benefits of why he came, but why he came was to save our souls. Okay. Because as Paul said, he came to save sinners. Paul said, and Paul said, of who I'm the worst, you know, so that's why he came. You know, we don't have to take Paul's word for it. We can look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, for the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. Okay, and he means spiritually lost, right? Those who are lost in their sin. And Jesus is like, I came to seek and save the lost. So that's anybody, right? So Jesus himself is declaring his mission. So when we go on mission, when we go back to normal, what are Jesus people doing? We are here bringing the message of Jesus, which is not just, oh, Jesus fixes your life and Jesus makes everything better. It's Jesus seeks and saves the lost. If you're feeling lost, Jesus will save you. He will save your soul. I know this might sound a little harsh given the conditions a lot of us are facing today. Uh, this is not to make light of anybody's struggles. They're real and they're tough, but Jesus came to save the lost. Amen? So the story of Jesus is good news. But it's not simply good news like a heartwarming story. You know, on Friday afternoons on the news, they show a heartwarming story and they say, oh, you know, here's some story about some kid or some animal that does something. You know, it's that's not that type of good news. It's good news that shatters the prevailing attitudes and reality of the people who experience it. So when you meet Jesus and you encounter Jesus and he saves your soul, 
all the world you built up before that, all the framework, all the worldview that you've had before that shatters in his presence. Now everything is framed by the reality that Jesus saved your soul. Nothing else matters as much and everything answers to that. Okay, And so that's the normal we should experience. That Jesus and his reality in our lives, his truth in our life, the fact he saved our souls, now becomes the number one fact in our life. And everything else, every other decision, every other attitude, every other behavior, every other opinion filters through the reality that, oh, I'm a saved sinner, saved by grace. Jesus died and rose again for me. And now that's how I'm going to live for him. And then that's how I'm going to live outwardly to others. And even that even happens in the midst of this trial. As I, as I mentioned before, we have to be careful. We are facing trials, and some people, even in North America, are facing uh, tough situations. But when we compare what we're going through to many around the world who are facing outright persecutions, churches are being destroyed, people are being killed, and so on for their faith, we must be careful to say, well, I'm, I'm undergoing such a trial. It's difficult, and it's something that we've never, for the most part, experienced before, and God will indeed see us through. There's a man named Malcolm Mutteridge. You should look him up. But um, for now, I'm just going to use a quote that he said. He said, every happening, great or small, is a parable whereby God speaks to us. And the art of life is to get the message. Okay, so it's a great um, idea here. So what he's saying is everything that happens, God uses to tell us something. And so the secret is the art of life is to get the message. And so maybe as we've been through this pause and this quarantine as Jesus people, what's the message? Uh, I'm not going to tell you what I think it is for you because I don't know everybody individually, but maybe what it could be is we've often heard through not just myself, but other people. It's the idea that we need to rest. It's the idea that we need to connect in the word. It's the idea we need to connect with our families more. It's the idea that we need to be less busy. It's the idea that we need to maybe cut some things out of our lives or add some good things. So remember, we're not saying that God causes the bad things or the trials, but what he does is he works through it. God is a, a master at that. Uh, Jesus himself went through the pain and the torture of the cross, which in and it itself would seem um, the wrong way to have victory, turn that around, and that's what gave gives us victory over sin and death. You see, so what the world may see or what logically to your brain may see, this is the wrong path or how can God use this? God can take something negative, bad, problematic, and use it and speak to you through it. It's the same way um, we now gain victory in life through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to scripture and look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. It says, he died, Jesus Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So that's a much better way of saying what I was just trying to say before. So one, Jesus died for who? For everyone. Okay. So now the idea is it's up to the everyone to make the decision whether or not to believe and respond and live for him. So that those who receive it, so you heard the word receive, right? So for me to receive something, I must take it. If you come and offer me a gift or offer me something, it's not received unless I take it. You can even come to my house and say, I've brought you something. I can ignore you. You can leave it on my table and I can ignore it. I've never received it. 
I still haven't received it. It hasn't been received until I take it into possession and I use it what it's there for. Okay, so that's the idea. So when you, Jesus died for everyone, everybody's got the option, then the choice is, do I receive it? And for those who receive it, then you realize, ah, he is now, as I said before, the supreme, the supreme idea, the supreme um, Lord and Savior of my life. So everything else falls under that. And so now I don't live for myself, I live for him. And of course, that's so counter uh, cultural these days because we're brought up, you know, it's not always bad the way our culture speaks, but we're brought up, take care of yourself, you can do it, you're the, you can, you've got it in you, do your studies, do your thing, work hard, and you'll be able to live well and all that stuff. And, you know, there's some truth to that and some good to that, but it also can be very damaging because then it leaves us saying, well, I don't really need God. You know, many of you may read the Bible and see the story of the rich man who Jesus said it's really hard for the rich to come into the kingdom and think, oh, yeah, poor rich people. But you'll come to understand by today's standards, we're all in that boat. All of us have three square meals and so on and so forth, for the most part in North America, not everybody, but the most part. And, you know, so richness doesn't just have to do with being extremely wealthy. We might call a millionaire today or a billionaire today. It's also comfort. And this pause, this quarantine sort of knocked us out of our comfort a little bit, like those of you who went through the ice storm uh, back in the 90s. And it changes everything. But this one's longer and maybe could be going on for quite some time. And the question is, how do we react to that? Do we become all self, you know, like a hoarder, right? I'm going to buy all the toilet paper and I'm going to buy all the cleaner and I'm going to buy. I went yesterday uh, to the property go, no flour, even though there's a limit on one bag of flour per person. You know, is that how Jesus people live? No, we don't hoard. One, we don't hoard things, but we also don't hoard the gift of God, which is the gospel. We give it out. We give out goodness. We give out uh, those things that we talked about. We focus on. So who did he die for? everyone who receives it those who choose to receive it so this morning I'm, I'm asking you to make that decision choose to live for him choose to receive it because that means you're choosing to be a jesus person there's a bible story in the old testament you can read it sometime but I, i'm for the sake of time i'm gonna just sort of paraphrase it and there's a man named joshua and uh, he's talking to his fellow countrymen and he says to them choose today who you're gonna serve he says, God, are you going to choose idols? Are you going to choose God? Are you going to follow the ways of the world? And he says, as for me, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And eventually the people respond and they say, me too, us too. We're going to do that too. We're going to choose to follow the Lord. So we're not in the same situation that the people of Israel were in at that time. But I do encourage you to think about this. Who will I live for? Am I going to live for the culture? Am I going to live for the world? Am I going to maybe live for myself? You might even say, well, I'm living for my family and I'm going to take care of my family. That's a good thing, but it's not the best thing. Because what happens when you give your life to Jesus and you live for the one who died for you and was raised for you, then your family, yourself, and your culture benefit. You see? So you're doing the best thing to get all the other good things. And so what will my life be about? Who will it be? See, because the empty grave that we talked about last week doesn't just stop there, right? It's not like Jesus is alive and it stops. God is always on the move. Do you know what Jesus is doing for you right now? He's praying for us right now. And you know what's happening? The Holy Spirit, God himself, is with us, encouraging us, speaking to us, helping us, speaking to us, teaching us over and over and over again. And so that's what makes us Jesus people. So then we can talk like Paul did. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, he got this idea, and this is what he says in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. Sounds, pardon me, you no longer live. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, what Paul's saying is, I'm still alive, but I'm not really alive. And it's not some sort of weird uh, out-of-body experience he's talking about. He's saying, I'm alive, but I live differently. So now the me is not first. The Jesus is first. I take my rightful place uh, behind him. And so that affects our daily lives, not just now, but forever after. So whether we're in quarantine or whether we're in plenty or whether everything's back to normal and we're in a crowd of 20,000 people or whether we're social distancing or whatever it is, when you give your life to Jesus, that's how Jesus people live. You so today, the, the, the question is quite simple. If you're listening to this and you, you're not even sure if you're really a Christian or you're not sure you've made that choice to receive the gift of God, to receive um, Jesus into your heart and to, to live for him, then the uh, answer is simple. All you've got to do is say, God, what I've heard today, I believe in that and I want to do that. And I, I just, I believe that you lived a sinless life. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again and that you did that for me to save me from my sins. I want to follow you. And that makes you a Jesus person. Now, you might already be a Christian out there today, but you might be saying, you know what? There's some stuff he's been talking about. There's some things I need to, I need to deal with. There's some stuff I'm discouraged. I'm slowed down. I'm, I'm maybe I'm tired of all the stuff going on with the quarantine or I'm worried about what's going to come next and so on and so forth. Just be reminded that Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit of God is with you and he will speak to you the truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you fear, doesn't speak to you anxiety, doesn't speak to you uh, discouragement. He speaks to you life. Right, And so Jesus is for you, the Holy Spirit was in you, and Jesus loves you. Yeah, he loves you. He lo it's, it's one thing to say, oh, Jesus, for God so loved the world, right? It's almost easy to say that, but it really can be tough sometimes to say Jesus loves me, because we know ourselves, right? And we know that sometimes we're not up to snuff. Maybe sometimes we're, 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 we're not doing things. We, feel, we don't feel great about ourselves sometimes is what I'm trying to say. But you know what? God does. And he loves you. And if there is something in your life you've got to get right with God, the simplest thing to do is to turn to him now and get it right. Say, Lord, that thing in my life that you know, you can speak to it him personally out loud and say, I have forgiveness for that. I want to put that aside. I want to repent from that. I want to turn away from it. And I want to live for you. It is that simple. The Bible tells us that God's grace is so good, so great, that he'll forgive us our sins. And so as we go into this next phase of whatever's happening in society, whether we're coming out of it and returning to normal, or whether it's going to go on for months and months and months, let's remind ourselves what the scriptural, scripture says, excuse me, to all of us who are Jesus people. Romans, the last two uh, verses of Romans chapter 8. Excuse me, uh, verses 38 and 39 say this. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So what's that saying? Paul's trying to cover all the bases there. He's like, no matter what happens, nothing will separate us from the love of God. He's there for us. And as Jesus people, we can be sure that he's, 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 he's always, always there for us and that he loves us. I wonder if we could just pray together. So wherever you are, if you could just bow your head or close your eyes and let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for today. I want to thank you, Lord, that uh, you are for us. I want to thank you, Lord, that as people who follow you, as Jesus people, we can be sure, 
Lord, that you love us and that you're going to be there for us. Lord, I want to pray for anybody out there right now that may not know you or may not have made that decision to follow you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to them the truth and reveal to them, Lord, that you love them and that you died on the cross and rose again to save us from our sins. Help them, Lord, to find a place of repentance and to come to you. And for those of us who are already believers, Lord, help us too, Lord, to find a place of repentance if, if that needs be. Lord, otherwise I pray just continue to fortify us, encourage us, Lord, to edify us, Lord, so that we may be people that go out there and proclaim the good news, whether we're in quarantine or whether things go back to our normal, Lord. We pray you help us to remember the words today that your spirit has spoken to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, I hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you online and God bless.